It is September 14th, 2016. How are you? Welcome to the AA Show. Anonymous assholes. Uh, my name is BK. And this is episode 3. Uh, we're finally on iTunes. Uh, yeah, we made it. Finally. Uh, it took a week, but um, I don't think the application process on iTunes is so hard. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to get on Google Play Store and all that and whatnot. So we're going back. Um, so this is a podcast uh, where we or we, I, talk about random items that happened over the week. Uh, I'm posting this every Wednesday night or Thursday morning, depending on what's going on, uh, for 30 minutes. I'm going to keep it in 30 minutes. I might go over a little bit, but who knows? That's life, right? So, uh, yeah. So, we've... What was I going to say? Wow, I'm blanking here. So, I got a lot of topics to cover. Um, I know I'll first go over the first two episode uh topics actually two and a half because the last episode was a post ufc two post ufc 203 uh recap that i had so um let's go over that quickly um so first off the, just to wrap up on the cm punk ufc 203 uh event that happened I, i'm not good at concluding things um so just to update post ufc event that happened um uh, so CM Punk ended up making half a million just for showing up in the very first fight that he ever got into. Good for him. Like I said, the marketing and the money played a factor. So he got his half a million to get his ass kicked. And speaking of which, uh, I'm also cutting my weight to 170. I don't need two years like he did. I'm at 172 right now. I, I think I can make it by Friday and then fight him Saturday if I need to. And then uh, his opponent, Mickey Gall. I kept calling him Mickey Gall the la- last episode. He made $30,000. $15,000 for showing up and $15,000 on a winning bonus. Uh, yeah, $30,000 versus $500K. I'll do it for $10,000. You don't need to give me a winning bonus. I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, phew, but, uh, so... I'm not gonna go over a whole punk saga again. You know, if you want to listen to that, listen to the last po- uh, upload, episode two and a half. Um, but um, what I'll just say is, uh, again, it's a good life story. What I'll just say to that is, um, uh, do your best in whatever you do, passion project or not, and know your limits. And punk got his limits on Saturday by get his, getting his ass beaten. Um, okay, so that's that one. Uh, moving on quickly onto the. Kaepernick saga I really didn't want to cover this third week in a row but you know it's a story that's keep feeding itself so so a few developments few I guess it's not developments it's more of people more people reacting to what happened so Trent Dilfer was a big one from the ESPN he's the ESPN NFL analyst Uh, Charles Woodson actually gave a pretty uh, insightful take on the whole anthem and how, what he thinks about it. Uh, I go check it out on YouTube or Deadspin. It, it is very, very informing um, on his view on what the anthem really is and the background of it. You know who created the anthem. But Trent Dilfer uh, gave the football argument, the sport argument. Like you're the backup quarterback, the team must be in front. <sighs> Again, another living in the sports bubble argument so Dilfer shut up uh if you want to hear more about it just listen to the last 20 minutes of the first episode that I posted I covered this fairly fair bit uh the other guy who reacted to this is a uh, Clemson Tigers football head coach Dabo Sweeney who um doesn't agree with the forum why am I not surprised and he but he respects the freedom of speech but at the same time he has this image of America that I don't know he he that's been called it. He 
it brushes with a broad, broad stroke, which is just like, why can't people just get along and get together? Police are nice people, you know, some softball shit he gave. Again, that was Sweeney. Look at it harder and do your studies. Uh, last person I want to cover on this topic, uh, Tony La Russa, the former baseball manager who's now the president, vice president of something in the Arizona Diamondbacks. Who might get fired because the Diamondbacks have been shit since he joined a couple of years ago. Um, by the way, who's a staunch, staunch Republican? Um, he said that Kaepernick, you know, he's being disrespectful. He doesn't understand why he's doing it. Or another thing he said was Kaepernick, this protest is not genuine, genuine. And I don't know, Kaepernick might be faking it. What the fuck? And th- by the way, this is the same guy who defended Jose Canseco, Mark McGuire. All these roid users in Oakland A's in the 80s and the St. Louis Cardinals in the 90s and got all his victories and all that and also showed up on Glenn Beck the march, you know, a few years ago, that Tea Party movement shit. And then somebody asked him about Tea Party members showing up at an Arizona game last year or a couple of years ago or something. And he said, oh, I think they have the perfect right to express their opinion and make the political statement at a forum like this. What the fuck? Uh, another hypocritical guy just doesn't agree with certain political position and just says i don't agree this is not the right forum okay fine tony he's been a hypocritical asshole so why am i not surprised so that's it um so those are the two topics i I, i'm not gonna go deep into it if you want to listen to more about it listen to the last three episodes uh of the thing especially in the kaepernick thing i covered it the first two episodes way too much um what was i gonna do Oh, God, I can't remember what I wrote here. I, I wrote some points down here because today it was going to be a little different because I wanted to do, I want I, had, I didn't have a general topic I wanted to cover, like John Oliver Shore or something in the last 20 minutes and like covering it extensively, deep dive. But uh, people in the field, I really don't know what I wrote here. Um, So, okay, so I'll cover some politics and real events that happened. I guess I did that with a Kaepernick thing. Uh, the other thing that happened that's been going around is a whole... Hillary collapsing uh, from the 9-11 memorial thing that happened on Sunday. People are making a deep, big deal about it. You know, her health is in question and all that. That's been going on for actually a couple of years online. And I, I to be honest, I really don't know if people genuinely care about her health and well-being. It's, I think it's more people who are anti-Hillary just wanting to get a bad story so that she wouldn't get the votes and, you know, reduce the confidence in the voters who might vote for her. Um, if they truly care and wish her all the best in the health and all that, and to just say that instead of saying, see, I told you so, she's unhealthy, she's just collapsing, she has pneumonia, um, you know, but are, are you surprised that she's, she might be sick given all the personal and political stuff she had to go through with Bill and all that, um, so, yeah, you know, I, I I'm not, I'm not overly concerned and, you know, hope she's all right and hope she's fit to run the country. Am I a Hillary voter? I can't vote. I'm a foreigner in this country, but, you know, it's a better choice out of the two, you know, Hillary versus a loud shit-throwing orangutan, so I think that's a given. But ah, who knows? There's a poll that came out on CNN, like Trump is ahead, and then some people wrote some article about, oh, somebody manipulated the poll and just trying to make this race look close. I was like, eh, maybe, maybe, but eh, 
who knows i i I don't read the polls anymore all those polls are way off anyway um so yeah and sticking to the politics and all that stuff uh interest hike somebody actually came up to me and said why did i not talk about it in the first episode um i i thought it was a bit of a macro economic discussion i'm not an expert i'm not an economist i'm not an investor but you know i I'll, I'll go over I'll go over very very briefly. So if you haven't you know gone into money business or any of that, you know looking at your credit card bill or went for mortgage or car loan, uh interest rate has been pretty low since the 08 recession, you know, so that if the interest rate is low, not many people are going to put the money away in the savings and people are going to spend more. So this is a, essentially a stimulus for the economy for general public. By spending on things like cars, more credit card spending, blah, blah, blah. So the economy flows. Now, so the interest rate has been low. Uh, It's been pretty non-existent. So the mortgage rate has been low. Car loan has been a historic low at this point. But, you know, since the U.S. economy looks, you know, quote, better, um, they're thinking about raising the rate. But I, like I said before, I think it's it's a play action play. This is like option play in football. You know, you can't just constantly say we're not going to raise a rate for the last eight years or something, you know, and then just continue to say, I'm not going to raise, we're not going to raise it, we're not going to raise it. Then there's no change or there's no control in the economy. So I think the government, you know, Janet Yellen, the financial secretary, you know, she's like, you know, we're going to raise it. But then some people are like, you know, we're not going to raise it. And just giving different voice, I think it's a play action, it's a fake. They're not going to raise it. The. U.S. economy might be better, but then the world economy in general is very unstable and volatile. With a Brexit that happened, more countries might exit EU. You know, Europe is really unstable. China has been trying to artificially control their currency and their economy and stock market in general. So who knows where the world's going? It's just going to be volatile. And it's just putting fears in investors so that the stock market's going up and down. But uh, interest rates are going to go up. And but one thing I'm worried about is an auto loan. That's been a big topic. It's not at the s- scale of say like student loan or mortgage, like the crisis a while back. But it, it's certainly playing a part. Uh, a lot of people are buying cars. Car purchases are up. Gas prices are low. Um, but you know that, that a lot of people are trying to afford cars that they can't afford, especially unused markets. So let's see. I got a car loan too. I'm trying to pay it off. I don't know if this podcast is going to pay, but whatever. I, I'm not doing this for money. Uh, yeah, that's that. So keep your eye out. And more on the financial topic, another big news is the, uh, there's a um, Wells Fargo scandal, if you want to call it. It it was the largest bank by, uh, what was it, Asset? I don't remember. Number one bank in America uh, as of last week, but then they dropped to number two. Chase became the largest by Asset and the cash they have. Uh, but so the... The story is that Wells Fargo created 2 million, 6 million fake accounts. Fake accounts, like, you know, just like savings or checking account without people's permissions. And over 5,300 people got fired over the last two years. And now the government is uh, investigating and all that. And, you know, then some people call it a failure in regulation and all that and trying to encourage people to buy, you know, financial bank products that that are non-existent. But in this case, like they try to persuade people to buy it, but they didn't. So they created fake accounts with social security number and all that. That's, you know, that's that's shitty, yo. But, uh, 
is anyone gonna get punished i don't know a whole bunch of people got fired but no senior vp or vps or ceos are gonna go to jail over this none of them did for the oi crisis that we know of right i mean we embrace these financial swagger as we have with the wolves of wall street and then big short the movie that came out and although they try to portray that you know things don't end well but you know we just see the good side and we try to embrace positivity if you would want to call it there so i think it's sad but hopefully all these things get corrected and hopefully the banks you know stop being greedy but i don't know that that's a stupid thing to say it's a bank it runs on money what are you gonna do um, so yeah, so that's a bit of the real world topic, which I didn't really cover before, but I cover. Uh, the other one that somebody asked and was surprised that I didn't mention last week was the iPhone 7 that was announced last week. Now, I, I really didn't go over specifics, you know, I don't want to talk about it, but one item that somebody, the same person told me was like, why didn't I talk about the headphone jack? Okay, so people are up in arms about the headphone jack not being there for the iPhone 7 and this is going to be the future going forward. Now, I, I'm not an audiophile, a person who's obsessed with audio quality and all that. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it is, you got to admit, it, it is one of those things that will eventually go away. And to be honest, I've been a Bluetooth user in everything, not just the audio. You know, like on the laptop, I try to use Bluetooth mouse and a Bluetooth keyboard. I don't like having dongle lying around, especially when you just have two or one USB port. You know, I might be using that for connecting my phone or some shit. So why would I want to waste a port on that? And it's pretty clean if you have a if you have no dongles or all that hanging over. So an audio, you know, people complain about the audio quality. Yeah, it's 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 not as great as the analog audio, but it's gotten better. The throughput's great, and now I'm really going to inside baseball on the technical terms here. You know, the throughput and then the bit rate is going up in Bluetooth. The capacity is going up. So I, I don't mind it. And, you know, they give you a dongle and then you can listen to it. And if you lose it, pay nine bucks. I, what are you going to do? Um, so, yeah, I'm not. I, I ordered iPhone 7. That's right. After all that bitching and complaining I did, I got it. I don't know why. I just want to try it. I, I haven't been an iPhone user except for the last two years. So iPhone 6s, it, it was good, but the camera and battery life, I don't think it's that great. And hopefully this one improves by a little bit. Um, so that's that. And holy crap, I kept it under 15 minutes. I got 15 minutes left. I thought it was going to be uh, like a pardon the interruption. PTI on ESPN. I was going to pardon and interrupt myself. But shit, I was going too fast. Well, what the hell? Um... I guess the main topic, well, I guess I had a main topic I want to cover is the, uh, there was this article that's been going around the last week that I've seen on Facebook and Google News and all that is this study done by somebody in Austria, I can't remember the school name, about drinking dark coffee or liking bitter coffee and drinks, gin and tonic would make you a psychopath or the traits of a psychopath. Now, I'm a little caffeinated tonight. That's why I don't sound as down <laughs> like I did in the first three episodes. Um, and I've been caffeinating a lot lately. Well, because of fall is here here in Seattle. And like I said last week, you got to caffeinate yourself to get going here, man. If there's a gloom and doom, GND, one guy called it. Um, 
and then I like my coffee black. I don't know. It just it's just better. I don't wanna I don't want an extra sugar intake and cream with all that fat. So I'll just take it as is with lower calories. I think that's healthy. And gin and tonic, I don't know, that's easier on my stomach. I it's not like beer or what was it? Makers and Coke and all that, like just getting your stomach full and just like throw up afterwards. I d I don't I don't get much hangover either. Am I a sick person? I don't know. Um <laughs> But so anyways, there's this, and then people are saying, you know, you're a psychopath that has those uh, traits of a sadistic behavior and all that, narcissism, Machiavellianism, I can't say that word, Uh, aggression, not conforming and like not very agreeable and all that. So, and then anyways, if you, if you watch the show on HBO, the last week with John Oliver, he covered something similar to this before about scientific studies and how media portrays them like study says blah. And then what they, what the news media generally does is they'll just cover the, what do you call it? The, the media, the press release, the, the publications have like the nature magazine and all that. And they just cover the few, you know, sentences there and then take it out of context and just, you know, make make it as if it's a solid scientific study. Um, so in this case, I said, no, this is, this is not as definitive as it sounds like. Yeah. So the thing, the exact study in this case is called individual differences in bitter taste preferences are associated with antisocial personality traits. It's done by University of Innsbruck. Is that Germany? Austria. Austria. And so I'm I found the actual paper. It's ten pages long. I'm not gonna pay two hundred dollars. That was like that. It's an academic it's an academic paper, so it costs you money. I didn't find the press release. I just, I decided to go find the PDF. Again, I'm a cheap motherfucker and this podcast is not paying me yet, so I'm not gonna pay for UFC pay per view. I'm not gonna pay for WWE pay per view. I'm not gonna pay for a scientific paper pay paper here. But I found it. Somebody had the PDF online. So if you want a link, email me or something or put a comment on iTunes now. And then uh, I'll, I don't know. You can just find the title and then Google it. I don't want to get in trouble. So I'll just read you the abstract uh, they have and the conclusion. So it says, in two studies, we investigated how bitter taste preferences might be associated with antisocial personality traits. Two U.S. American community samples total of 953 mean age of 35.65 years and 48% females self-reported their taste preference using two complementary preference measures and answered a number of personality questionnaires assessing Machiavellianism I can't say it psychopathy psychopathy narcissism everyday sadism trait aggression and the big five factors of personality know what that is the results of both studies confirmed the hypothesis that bitter taste preferences are positively associated with the malevolent personality traits with the most robust relation to everyday sadism and psychopathy regression analysis confirms that this association holds when controlling for sweet sour and salty taste preferences and the bitter taste preferences are, are the overall strongest predictor compared to other taste preferences aren't these five the only tastes that are defined like sweet sour salty and bitter what else is there there is no other taste preference anyway 
The data thereby provide novel insights into the relationship between personality and ubiquitous behaviors of eating and drinking by constantly, consistently demonstrating a robust relation between increased enjoyment of bitter foods and heightened sadistic procl- proclivities. Okay, so basically that, that was a long abstract. I think there was a bit of a redundancy there. Um, so I read the study. So one thing they mentioned was the, the media covered was coffee and gin and tonic or radish. I did find coffee and radishes, but I did not find gin and tonic. I found tonic water, but not gin. It didn't go into specific alcohol in this. There's no, there's no mention of alcohol at all in this study. And the way, it, so the two studies they did, they didn't present the food and say, how do you feel? None of that. They, so what they did is they gave two questionnaires and about the taste. Or, or the, the first part of the questionnaire. If I remember this right, it's 10 pages long. I, I have ADD, so I'll do my best here. So they, they, so what they first give, they did two studies. One is to give preference the people's first choice of the food, like salty, sweet, sour, bitter, and make them pick one. And then they give you a personality question and say, are you angry? Do you disagree a lot? Or then all that stuff. And then they measure the relationship there and look at the numbers there. And then they came up with a conclusion. And before going into the study, they, they cover, they, there are a lot of other psychological studies that are mentioned here god how many are here i don't even know but yeah they looked at different age groups food preferences how you define aggression and whoa all that stuff i don't this this is way too inside baseball but pretty much the study said what the media said except not mentioning gin and tonic and I was personally offended by this. I shouldn't be. It's a scientific study. Why am I offended unless I find that the, you know, the the, the constructive approach to responding to a scientific research is to, you know, argue about the experiment method or the way they approach this. But it was pretty straightforward and then it wasn't a really hard. I don't think this is a hard study. It was a very eye-catching clickbait study. I'll say that. Um, but apparently this kind of study has been done before for years. And what they try to do is uh, they try to reference different personality traits and re- refer that. And then, the, and then the food element came in afterwards. After, you know, some people did studies on, you know, young children's behavior or old adult behavior with food how they feel and react, you know, but they didn't really put the correlation between the actual personality and the food preferences and the feelings of it. But I I read the study as best as I could. I'm not a sociologist. What what category is this? I don't even fucking know. Um, What are the key words? Bitter taste preference, everyday sadism, dark triad, aggression, agreeableness. And, you know, I like sweet things too. But then I think more and more about what 
people who who have sweet tooth are like are they sweet in person if they like sour things are they sour grapes is that what this is if you're bitter you're just bitter about everything in life is that why seattle freeze is a thing maybe that maybe they should do study on that like seattle freeze and then the correlation to the coffee Oh, yeah, so the questions they had on the personality questions items of the short form include I have threatened people I know and given enough provocation I made hit another person which to each participant respond on a five point scale ranging from one very unlike me to five very like me Ugh, scores of that collapse I think and I actually thought I was going to learn something but <laughs> I just feel more depressed reading this because <laughs> I still love coffee engine and tonic. And then I like it, it ended up being a self-reflection for the last two days. And thinking about this, am I am I Machiavellian? Am I so Machiavelli? If you don't know, is like the end justifies means. Am I that person? I don't know. But then the example of the form in the short Machiavellianism they gave was, for example, I tend to manipulate others to get my way. I don't manipulate other people. I'm pretty straight up. I record this. I'm pretty straight up. I don't I don't bullshit other people just to get what I want. I just say what I want to get what I want. And the end justifies the means. Yes, I have that element to it, but I try to keep it as real as possible. Even though when keeping it real can go wrong. Um psychopathy. I tend to be I tend to be callous or insensitive. I think that's called a guy. I men are dumb. Including myself, so <laughs> whatever. I think more male answered this. You know, he was like, "Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't give a shit." You know. And narcissism. I tend to want others to pay attention to me. Mm, well, the fact that I recorded this and published this is that narcissistic? I don't know. I'm just doing this as a therapeutic purpose. It's no different from CM Punk getting out there and getting his ass handed to him. It's, I found it as a challenge. I don't care what attention comes here, but please leave feedback. Um, so, and then agree, disagree scale on there. <sighs> and then, yeah, clearly, clearly the numbers show that there is a correlation. But how do they collect these 500 people? They said they got 500 participants via MTurk. Uh, exchange for $1. I wouldn't mind being in this study for 60 minutes. I, I'm gonna outlier this shit. <laughs> I don't know. Fuck. What? And yeah, I, I want to know the age distribution on this too. Because it, and you know, male versus female ratio instead of generalizing this, instead of just taste versus personality, because men and women are different. By age, you're different. Because, you know, if you're younger, you know, you tend to be more YOLO about things these days. And then if you're older, I don't know if you run the guy in the middle, middle age, middle age. Yeah. Yeah. Middle life, midlife crisis. So shit looks gloom and doom, Blech. gloom and doom. And then if you're at the end of the life, you're just like, ah, whatever. Fuck. I did. I had my fun. And then the average mean age is 36 years old. So you're on the cusp standard deviation of 11. You're on the cusp of midlife crisis here so no wonder it looks more pessimistic looking at the study that's how i would knock this shit down like the range is 19 to 75 years 214 female to 235 male 
did I miss? So they, I, I don't see a table here that says male versus female versus a uh, age group. Maybe it was so skewed to the middle age group that like they couldn't show it. Or, but male to female ratio is pretty decent. Two fourteen to two thirty five. When 449 participants in the final study they did, because there was some redundancy there for some study or something. Why didn't they? Okay, and then they divided by education. 119 people completed high school. 115 people completed some college. 159 obtained college degree and all that. And then 49 got master's, 7 got people had PhD. This is a time check here. Holy crap, 28 minutes. So, anyways... I, I guess this study, what I want to say is like it doesn't really say much other than just like showing the showing the correlation. But I, I don't know. I, I think there needs to be more study done. I think this is unfair. And then I think they should go to other countries, not just U.S. or Austria. They should look at like Africa, Asia, Middle East. Who knows? They, they don't drink coffee there, do they? They drink tea. So... I don't know. I would further this study instead of having a fucking clickbait article that's on Gawker and Daily News and all that shit. And, you know, go study yourself and read these papers. I think it's, and then I think it's a good opportunity to self-reflect and all that. But I, I disagree with the study. I, I, don't think I'm a, I, I don't think I'm a psychopath. I'm perfectly normal. And then uh, I'm fine. I'm fine. Am I in denial? I don't know. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to shrink. Uh, anyway, so uh, maybe I'll share this study. Uh, but the title again of this study is Oh my God, Adobe so slow. Come on. Individual differences in bitter taste preferences are associated with antisocial personality traits. Go check that out. It's done by the University of Innsbruck, Innsbruck, uh, in Austria. Uh, all right. So that's it. Oh my God, time flies. Thirty minutes. Um. So, thanks for listening. Now I'm I'm on iTunes. Please subscribe. Leave feedback. I'm trying to make it on Google Play Store, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and all that. We're going back. Um. So, yeah. Thank you for listening, and I'll check it in next week. Bye.